0: Well, hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous, fantastic podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you as always. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing fantastic and I am sending you all of my... Good vibes, well wishes, love, uh, courage, all the positivity I can to you, uh, wherever you are. We have an amazing episode of the show for you today. We have my friend, Lyle Maxson on, and he is the absolute king of biohacking. So we're talking about biohacking, VR gaming, and Ascension technologies. Uh, We've been friends for a few years. He has been doing some amazing work. He is always involved in such interesting projects with very incredible people. So I'm so happy to have them on the show. We go into some... Just uh, like some mind blowing stuff and also uh, some down to earth stuff. So, we talk about uh, building out the Quantum Lounge, Ascension Technologies, Sound Self, uh, Pandora Star, Biohacking 101, Sleep, uh, the importance of lucid dreaming, um, some sleep hacks, and also uh, some biohacking apps. We talk about his project, Camp Satori, Black Book VR, or Black Box VR, sorry, um, gamification. Why Fear Separates Us, uh, The Ultimate Morning Routine, and so much more. So this is a, an action-packed episode. I know you're going to love it. If you do like it, please share it. Share it on Facebook. I got banned on Facebook, so uh, please share there. Share on Instagram and tag myself and Lyle. Would love that. Uh, please help get the word out however you can. Um, leaving a rev- review in iTunes is also really helpful. So if you haven't done that yet, please go over to iTunes and uh, leave a review. Also, you can go to Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and toss a buck in the bucket. And I'd like to thank Ben Hall. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. I appreciate you. It helps immensely, especially when, man, this this censorship is going on like crazy. Uh, My YouTube, I lost 62 subscribers last month. So either one, I suck, which is totally possible. Um, Or two, you know, after getting banned and censored and blacklisted and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's very challenging. So your support is incredibly appreciated. So reviews, shares, Patreon, all that kind of stuff. If you want to join the academy. Uh, there's exclusive content as well. You can find that at bit.ly forward slash mind body spirit 21 or just go to mattbelair.com. You're going to find all the links over there. Um, as well as on Linktree. Go to Linktree forward slash Matt Air. You got to put a dot between the R and the E and that's going to have links to my Telegram channel that I just started and a Discord because I got to get obviously off these public platforms and so sign up for the email list to stay uh, up to date. It's m- more important now than ever as these things begin to heat up. So please connect, support how you can because it is a true battle um, and, and your support is appreciated. Um, so, and for those of you guys who want to go a step further, and you want to do some one-on-one coaching, and you're really serious about uncovering your life path and purpose, you know, overcoming any block or limitation or belief, or um, you know anything that prevents you, and really getting a clear roadmap and support for creating and living your dreams. You want to work one-on-one with me. I'd love to hear from you and work with you. I'm working with some amazing people right now that are really just all uh, just awesome. And we all gotta build it in our own ways. You know what I mean? Some people are starting from nothing. Some people already have massive businesses, but it's so incredible to work with these uh, people because when we get into integrity and go full force, with creating, uh, with every ounce of our being, you know, something meaningful by our own standards. It's a very beautiful endeavor and would be thrilled and honored to work with you. So just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching, fill out the coaching form and, uh, would love to hear from you. So that's it. Uh, Oh, the best thing you can do to support the show is one kind act wherever you are in the world. Please do that. That's helpful. And now, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Oh, actually, one more thing: um, make sure to sign up to mattbelair.com because quantum heart hypnosis uh, meditations are coming out soon. Um, I'm there's so much I want to build in there, but I'm going to release beta version one, and everybody's going to get a discount if you're on the email list. So um, they're freaking amazing. So stoked on uh, what's going to be released. So make sure to go to mattbelair.com, sign up for that email list. All right, here we go. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, enthusiasm, courage, and ready to take on this amazing episode with my friend, Lyle Maxson hello and welcome to the mastermind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair today's guest has 10 years experience in the music industry including production creative design and sponsorship acquisition at more than 30 international festivals he brings a passion to serve others through transformative entertainment his portfolio includes touring high-end glamping hotels bringing mindfulness experiences to thousands of millennials, and merging biohacking technology with immersive storytelling. This eventually led him to become co-founder and chief strategy officer of Andromeda Entertainment, a virtual reality publishing company focused on producing games for good. He is currently focusing on launching a virtual education platform with Joe Polish and the Genius Network, Building out an immersive glamping hotel called Camp Satori, building a fully immersive biofeedback sensory pod, and advising on a global youth focused event to coincide with the UN General Assembly this September. Welcome to the show, my friend Lyle Maxson.
1: What's up, buddy? Good What's to be here.
0: Oh, dude, it's so great to finally have you on the other side, man. I had to really pay attention reading your bio because there's a lot of. Uh, nice words in there. You, you do a lot, bro. We've known each other for a long time. You are constantly working in and involved in such interesting things. So it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, why don't you give the audience who doesn't know you a little bit about your background and how you got into working on all the really interesting, fun, transformational, and uh, also, also very helpful uh, technologies that you're working on and projects
1: yeah of course um so the beginning i could go back to college i went to uh, asu and was really focused on uh festival the festival world Uh, initially it started off by me being 20 years old and wanting to get paid to party which uh you know nice humble beginnings but soon led me uh to to really want to focus on bringing spiritual experiences to music festivals i got really inspired by festivals like Lightning in a Bottle and Symbiosis and, of course, Burning Man, and really realized that that they were preaching to the choir a lot of times. Um, it was really focused on people that were already heading down their their path um, of, you know, mindfulness and wellness. And uh, when I went into these mainstream events, um, you know, there are like 20,000, 30,000 people in these EDM concerts, and no one was really aware of of what the feelings that they were they were being exposed to, like this group cohesion, the connection that they were uh, really thriving from at, at these events, and um, I thought thought it was really important to start bringing in uh, everything from yoga to like like in the bio, I mean biohacking technologies, all sorts of things, and that eventually led me to uh, start my own agency and focus on uh, creative activations, and I did that for a lot of festivals, um, kind of worked freelance and plugged in these, these immersive experiences that the that, that mainstream audience had never really been exposed to before. And then in 2016, um, I started creating something called the Quantum Lounge, which was this biohacking dojo mixed with uh, theatrical performers. So um, basically uh, these performers were leading people in and out of these experiences, and it's something I call Ascension Technology, which is essentially light vibration frequency technologies um, that we were having sponsored at these big music festivals. So uh, I, I got really involved with, with VR and meditation and saw that that was kind of the, the easiest path uh, to, to get somebody that's never meditated before to really uh, just have this incredible blissful experience. And also it was the lowest cost. A lot of these technologies are like ten, twenty thousand dollars that we would bring into the event. We brought in this crazy thing called a theta chamber that was a hundred grand, um, and you know that's not practical for anybody to to put in their home. So I started working with Robin Arnott, who is now my partner at Andromeda, and he was building something uh, called Soundself, which was a meditation experience in VR, and uh, that led us to eventually. Uh, Create a company around not only building these experiences, but finding developers that were focused on bringing mindfulness into technology Um, So from there Yeah, I mean now now it's it's evolved a lot and I'm happy to dive in more but it was initially in the music festival world and then basically the components that I was taking to build worlds like I was really focused on building these small worlds inside of the festival space now we're doing inside of the virtual space so, um, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about it.
0: That's amazing, man. Well, you know, like I said, you and I have been um, friends for a long time. And I just remember the one time uh, I was down in Arizona with uh, David Lone Senapass and Clifford Mahudi, And they were going to be speaking together. And I, I was like, you got to come see this. So, you know, you come out. And Clifford the whole time, he's, he's a Zuni elder, and he was trying to get me to sit. In this luxury chair he was very proud of and one of the things that you do very well is you find that luxury that uh, the best technology they have and within two seconds of the visit you found this chair and you'd parked in there and um, you just were enjoying yourself but I just share that story because, you know, when we were at the Oregon Eclipse, you would curate these spaces. Um, you call it the quantum lounge or whatever. People would be going around at these big festivals and they would come in to this space that you would curate. You would find the best in biohacking technologies, the best in meditation, the leading edge in, uh, you know, binaural beats, whatever it is, you would find it and you would create the space for people to experience it. And so you would be able to vet the best technologies? What had the best effect? What was the most useful? What was the real cutting edge? What was um, useful versus what was um, overly hyped? And so you have a very clear um, and unique perspective on all those biohacking technologies. And so I could lead that into a question, or maybe you can just talk about some of the stuff you're working on now, like that pod is amazing. Um, I had Robin Arnott on the show you talking about sound self and have experienced that as well. You're also friends and you work with Nick Janicki, who has been on the podcast as well. And and he does uh, true rest float tanks, and Mm -hmm. always looking for a way to improve an amazing technology. And, you know, Nick just did a huge, an amazing podcast, a masterclass in itself on how effective float tanks can be for helping you get into very powerful states of consciousness you know? And so I'll kind of leave it there and just see um, what you want to share with what you're working on now.
1: Yeah. And I definitely want to let you know that there's a heat wave going on in LA right now. And so if you see me like wiping sweat off my forehead, that is the case. We have like, the, we have an AC upstairs that's working and I'm downstairs and it's not. So <laughs> they're they're coming to fix it tomorrow. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm happy to uh, to dive in a little more. I mean, I, yeah, so basically, my job right now, which I d- enjoy so much, is really being like a headhunter for these top technologies. And initially, it was because of the music festival world, and now it's looking at developers that are creating things that all could be ported onto this new medium, which is the VR headset. Um, but yeah, I mean, float tanks, uh, I mean, I'm a really big fan of wearables. So like the Aura Ring and things that you could actually track your biometrics and, and have a real-time feedback of what these technologies are actually doing for you. Uh, on the VR side, uh, we're really excited. We just signed a company last week called Regucept, And they're based out of the Netherlands. It's a pain relief uh, software. So it basically combines like shamanic visualization with Western medicine. And you go into your like spinal cord and your uh, pain receptors in your brain, all inside of VR, and it uses head tracking. So as you look around, you're literally shooting away pain receptors in your body. And that they're in over 160 hospitals. So it's super effective. And now we're, we're working on publishing them to bring them to the mainstream audience. Um, but that's really been my biggest focus now is finding these pieces of technology that don't require like, a, you know, a Pandora star that's a $10,000 light therapy machine. All you have to do is buy a $400 headset and you could download all kinds of software that has, you know, different intentions, whether it's anti-anxiety, pain relief, meditation. Uh, And then of course you could, you know, start to geek out and plug it into like haptic vests. And uh, we're actually working with a company that does um, biometric integration. So you could start taking like your Apple watch and your heart rate and respiratory rate from your watch, and that actually ports into the VR headset, and we'll start to control your experience based off of your mood, and uh, really start to measure what these experiences are doing. So that's that's really the new wave. Is you know, after the computer is a VR headset, and so how much, how many applications can we bring onto one medium that will really uh, start to make a big impact?
0: Okay, so the first thing I want to ask for clarity is, what's can you spell the name of that? That's very fascinating. The one that uh, goes into the
1: yeah, Reducpt is uh, uh, God. I could send you the the name. It's I mean, they're a Dutch company. It's R E D U C P T, I believe. Reducpt.
0: Okay, something odd.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. We'll link it up,
0: I'll link it up in the notes. Um, it's interesting because the first time I did virtual reality, I was blown away at how immersive it was it's you know my cousin had a horror game and i had to take it off my head because it was too real i didn't want that in there and you can also apply it to um to learn skills so they use it uh in the nfl for quarterbacks to drill plays and different things like that and so immediately i was thinking about all the applications in sport that it can be used to use for and if you look at the work of someone like dr joe dispenza who i reference quite often or if you read spiritual texts they say you can go into the inner world you can apply visualization um, the power of word and language and you can alter your body toward healing to create something to use law of attraction and all these different things now with vr you can experience it viscerally without the meditation sometimes and so or the visualization, some of these ancient techniques that have been around forever, you can actually plug that experience in. And so I love the the motto of games for good. And so maybe you can speak a little bit about some of the games or applications that you're aware of that are being worked on and that that want to come out as far as VR goes. And then a second question is, you're like the biohacking king. So maybe you want to share some of the things that you've uh, learned in your perspective on biohacking, because you and I have talked about this before where, you know, nothing beats hard work and there are tools that help improve performance. And so, right, if you want to get in better shape, there's nothing that's going to just take that away, but you can use tracking tools, technologies and things like that to vastly improve your experience and your rate of progression.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so some of the titles. Uh, well, the one that's on the forefront of my mind right now is is what um, I recently just added to that bio. Working with Joe Polish, so he owns a company called the Genius Network, and a couple of months ago, uh, I was approached to consult with porting his uh, entrepreneur school into VR uh, and what that could look like to have a dynamic social uh, VR experience that was focused on education and creating a very high-level interactive. Um, platform that really 100x what Zoom could do now and that's kind of the thought experiment is, is we're at like Zoom education right now and what could it actually be if it was 100 times better so uh, that was two months ago and then two weeks ago uh, Joe myself and actually Nick Jeneky, who you mentioned all just partnered to bring this to life and not only bring the Genius Network to life but actually white label this platform to allow ev- other educators entrepreneurs um, you know, people that want to facilitate in a more interactive environment to actually upload their own content and uh, be a part of this basically like virtual Hogwarts uh, that we're designing. So uh, that's, a, that's the most exciting thing in the world to me right now. It's like, you know, there's over a billion kids that aren't going back to school this year. There's a lot of um, accessibility that, that comes with VR headsets. They're actually half the price of a, what a laptop would be and uh i mean the learning experience is is so much more intricate and there's all these studies coming out out of china htc is uh implementing their vr headsets at these very high level uh chinese college or uh, high schools so it's like the top performers and you know out of the billion kids in china uh or however many there are but there's literally like a school for gifted learners and they're all using vr headsets and the stats that are coming out are just staggering it's like the highest level performer uh without a vr headset is actually lower than the lowest level performer wearing a vr headset so there's it's just like the memory the retention the confidence that you build while while wearing this and of course like the immersive uh experience is is really uh i mean it speaks for itself so so that's what i'm the most excited about um on that on that end and then there's also um this, this new category coming out called digital therapeutics. And that's something that the FDA recently just opened up uh, clearance for during the COVID pandemic. There's also a mental health pandemic. And this is uh, essentially the answer uh, in my opinion. So one of our, one of our like, kind of mentor companies is named Akili, and they just got the first FDA clearance for a video game to be prescribed to kids so you literally could now doctors could write a script for kids with ADHD to play this game twice a week i believe i think it's twice a week for like 2 months and it would effectively get them off their medication it creates new neurosynapses in their brain and it's actually a fun game for kids to play so that's kind of like for me it's it's really there's so much crazy stuff going on in the world and to look at like the foundational issue is education and mental health and if you could utilize this technology to really address those two i think we we have a really good shot of shifting things um and then yeah for your second question uh, what i really like to tell people when they're like ready to start biohacking is to look at your own house and uh you know the place where you spend the most time and really uh really think about like the elements so essentially what biohacking technology does the, the the stuff that that I really enjoy is it just amplifies the elements. So you know when you're drinking high quality water, that's that's same as you being hydrated, but it's just a much higher level. So ordering spring water to be delivered to your house is an incredible biohack, and it doesn't require technology. It's literally just you know addressing that. Um, light therapy machines, um, things like infrared, that's all things that we get naturally from the sun, but it's just concentrated and focused. Um, Same thing with like pulse electromagnetic frequency devices. That's literally the earth's gravitational field creates this frequency and these PEMF uh, devices just amplify that. So if you start to like really look at the components in your home, really about like water, sleep, and your breath, and you start to address those things uh, you know, it'll make a world of difference and it's not that expensive too. If you just start thinking about listening to binaural beats as you go to sleep, um, really easy stuff that you could just do now with your phone, uh, you know, I think is more impactful than like all the, the fancy stuff.
0: It's a really great answer. Very practical, my friend. I know that you've experienced uh, some of the more expensive technologies out there. And I think that the way that you shared it, there's incredibly important. I like how there's a move toward grounding and getting out in the forest and getting sunlight. All those things are, are very basic um, ideas, but we forget yeah. them very quickly. And so one topic that's coming up quite a bit I see out there is sleep. And I'm just curious if you've seen anything out there that you find effective for people who are uh, struggling with sleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm quite the fan of, of dreaming, lucid dreaming. Um, I do like dream journal every single morning, which I strongly advocate for. Um, But yeah, I mean, for me, it's really about your body temperature. So when you're going to bed, uh, you know, making sure that your your core temperature drops, and that's like even taking a hot bath at night actually allows you to do that. It's kind of counterintuitive, but as the blood rushes to the your skin, as when you're in when you're in a hot bath, as soon as you get out, um, it basically like flushes your body and and drops your core temperature. So that I I believe is extremely important. Um, yeah, I mean the thing that the like really cutting edge stuff is uh, cause I could talk about kind of the basics. I would just uh, recommend listening to or, or, or reading uh, why we sleep um, by Kendall. I think it's Kendall Walker. It's an incredible book and you could just, I, I downloaded the audible and it is just so filled with information. I mean, it's one of the best biohacking things I've ever read. Um, and yeah, so I would kind of just refer people to that, but what he doesn't talk about, that i find really fascinating i think the app is called sleep sonic um, there, there was a guy that gave a ted talk that that founded the company i'm honestly not a huge fan of it i don't i don't think it works um, to the degree that they they want it to but it's definitely showing what the new cutting edge technology will be and essentially what it does is you could play a soundtrack while you're either studying or working Doing something that, you know, or like an extreme sports athlete or something while you're learning a new trick or whatever it is. So you're playing this music in the background and then this app hooks up to either your Apple Watch or Aura Ring, some sort of sleep tracker, and it follows your rhythm of sleep cycles. And when you drop into REM sleep, it actually starts playing that music back to you. So that will immediately pull that memory and information from your waking world into your dream world to allow for like higher retention levels, and ability to actually integrate that information uh, more effectively. So I think that's the the real next wave. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to read about when it comes to insomnia. But if you already sleep well, by like being able to optimize your dream world, and, and the, you know, your experiences and memories that you have the day before is, is really the next next level for me.
0: Holy crap. I've never heard about that. That's a, that, that amazing. That's amazing. That seems like it would work to me. That makes sense. You know what I mean? You're, mm-hmm. you're basically creating a trigger in the world. And so it's going to pull those memories and download them or, or, or emphasize them in your subconscious mind. So, holy crap. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. Well, what else do you <laughs> want to talk about? You want to talk about uh camp Satori or the pod?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to, what, what do you, what do you want to know? <laughs> Are I you feel doing? like you, you know, like out of anyone that's, that's interviewed me, you definitely know more about what I have going on than, than just someone that, that reads a bio, you know? So I don't know if you have anything like super specific. Um, all right. Well, we'll get water. Well, yeah. right, we'll
0: scale it up for you. So, you know, you and I spend, uh, you know, lots of time in, in costumes with amazing people from all around the world, um, glittered up dancing, talking about how to change the world. And we've talked to a lot of different people. We've heard a lot of different theories um, I see, you know, Camp Satori as maybe a microcosm of what could be scaled out, whether you would think about, um, you know, simple communities that have clean food, clean water, and all these technologies accessible, and, and it could be almost uh, a template for what would be possible. And so with, with Camp Satori and some of the other things, how do you see us transition into um, building these communities or solutions for opting out of a world that might not make sense. It, get, it seems to be getting a little bit crazier out there. How do we get connected, you know, to the ground, um, to quality communities, to quality food and water and, and do it uh, within a community that doesn't explode itself or, um, you know, do all the craziness that seems to be able to, or seems to happen when, when people try.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's so incredible about building this hotel concept. So yeah, um, as you mentioned, uh, or- Matt and I were at Oregon Eclipse Festival uh, so yeah, that was 2000, was that 2017? Yeah. I actually got an update on my Facebook that it was like three years ago as of, uh, last week. And it like oh, showed wow. a picture of all of us. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy, man. It seems like it was so much, it was so long ago, but yeah, uh, I yeah. So I was a creative director for this, this concept called the lost hotel. Um, and through that process, I ended up meeting this guy named Steven Beck who is a former Hilton executive, uh, turned yogi, had like a near death experience through uh, having heart failure, had heart, re- heart valve replacement surgery and woke up with a full new perspective on life, sold like all of his cars, all this stuff, opened up a yoga studio in San Diego and, uh, and started to really think about how could we bring consciousness to hospitality? And uh, then somehow we, him and I got connected he actually um, wanted to, to buy a room at the Lost Hotel for a music festival. And uh, all of a sudden, we started talking about how his kind of vision was to bring what I was doing in the festival world into uh, a hotel setting. So that was uh, like two and a half years ago now. And it's slowly been building. And finally, we got a, an investor um, and are building out it out in Montana, of all places. It just happens to be that the investors uh, own land out there. And I uh, kind of wanted to build on their family property to create a, a legacy for them. And I, uh, yeah, so what's, what's really interesting about that is, is learning from, from Steven with this massive amount of hotel experience. I mean, he's twice my age um, and, and really understanding that we could start to implement these conscious community concepts while also being extremely profitable and, and making money. And that's the thing is like, you know, within the conscious community, a lot of times making money is, is kind of a taboo thing. And uh, when it comes to building out a, a hotel, it, it just makes so much sense. Like you could implement all the things that you would see in a conscious community, you know, from the food, the water, the sustainability, you know, the, the interactivity, whatever it is, the yoga, the workshops, all of these things. But you don't have to rely on generating income outside of the community it's all built in with with room rates so you're just selling hotel rooms and i think that that's something that's going to really continue to scale Um, i'm i'm in contact with with a ton of different eco village style hotels that are really understanding that this this hotel model makes a lot of sense and then from the outside when you come in as a customer you're really able to see what conscious living could look like you know and and we really are, are focused on implementing that inside a hotel Satori, where there's an iPad inside of your your dome uh, being that it's all glamping they're all outside domes uh, and and inside of that dome is an iPad that literally has a whole list of all the products that we actually use for the hotel so from like you know the ethically sourced sheets and mattresses to like the soap that you're using and wooden toothbrushes and all these different little things that you would find that make up the entire hotel room. You could be there, have this luxury experience and then go onto this iPad and literally order all the stuff to your house. So it's like this kind of seamless transition of like, okay, you go here, you know, for a weekend getaway, you have this amazing experience and kind of plug in to what the world could really feel like. And then you could just buy all the stuff and bring it back to your home kind of in in one, you know, one seamless process. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, that's that's what I'm really excited about. And at the end of the day, I mean, when it comes to all the stuff I'm doing in VR, too, and, and kind of the term that I've been coining transformative entertainment, it's that a lot of these experiences I compare to like food that's really good for you. So, you know, it's kind of like in the matrix, like they eat like that mushy soup when they're like, you know, unplugged and uh, (laughs) it doesn't look like it tastes good at all, but it's like what their body needs for, for substance. But for, for us, it's like, how do we have food that's, that your body needs, that's really good for you, but it also tastes really good. And that's kind of like the nexus that, that I'm focused on is that a lot of this biohacking technology, a lot of these these like transformative experiences aren't fun they're like things that we do to keep us you know sane and balanced but if we could start to implement food that actually tastes good an enjoyable experience where you're in vr and you don't even realize you're meditating because you're having so much fun doing it i think that's the the real way to break through to the mainstream
0: yeah, it's a really great point. Uh, the rise of gamification. And when you say the food example, I just think about celery, or sometimes we work out, but we hate it, you know, and that's why yeah. <laughs> when people are asking me questions about that. I just say, figure out something that you would do for fun. You know, if you want to stay fit, pick a sport or a martial art or biking or any kind of activity that you don't perceive it as working out you you see it as fun and you know I skateboard and the more I skateboard as an adult the more I realize it's a crazy workout as I'm like this you know hairy old man like trying to skate you know and you got all these young kids and I'm like sweating buckets within 10 minutes just trying to you know do kickflips around I realize like my size and I fall pretty hard and they you know they get inspired when I get back up and they think I'm dead but um it's just important to to gamify things and whatever, Matt,
1: like, (laughs) I think the last time I saw you, you were doing backflips, man. That was only like a year ago. You were like doing full backflips off of like bench park benches. So yeah, but I don't, you're better off than most.
0: Yeah. I don't land them all though, man. There's practice, there's practice to get there. Um, but you know, I think the, the gamification thing is a very important aspect you want to talk about that a little bit because even with there was one vr thing that you went to that was working out in vr right and so you had to do these certain things to work out in vr and so um how do you see the role of gamification and mindfulness coming together or even gamification in business
1: yeah yeah um, so the experience i uh, i forgot i even i told you about it i loved it though uh, it's called black box vr And, you know, unfortunately with COVID, I don't know how many of these, like, I call them uh, LBEs, location-based experiences. So, uh, yeah, that's a a whole side tangent um, because I was working with a lot of these, like, up and coming VR or technology biohacking type centers, spas, um, places that were really starting to boom right before COVID. And it's unfortunate because most of them were in their first maybe six months or a year of opening. So this was like the full dagger to their business. I don't think half of them are going to reopen. But uh, Black Box was one of them, and I think that they're going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a VR gym. So essentially you go in, there's uh, all these different like cables and and different like mach- machine equipment that you would normally find, except you're wearing a VR headset, and that equipment is then plugged into your virtual avatar. So like as you're doing a chest press or... Uh, you're doing bicep curls or squats or whatever it is, you're actually inside of a VR experience, you're like controlling an army. And whenever you do a squat, you like shoot a fireball out into the army's field. So you're essentially like battling and it's like the most gamified way to work out ever. I was just joking the last time I was in there. I was like, dude, you guys are going to make all the Silicon Valley nerds just so buff. Like they're just going to be so rich. <laughs> they're going to be all monsters these, these coming out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was an incredible application. But that's, that's really uh, a huge passion of mine is the gamification. There's a book called uh, Gamify by Brian Burke. Um, that was a huge inspiration for me a couple of years ago. And they were talking specifically about social good and creating impact through gamified systems. And what that means is essentially uh, creating like really basic concepts that you would find inside of a game. So it's like level up, um, like the ability to gain experience points and level up to the next stage, which creates like this addiction feedback loop that's usually really toxic for us. But if used to, you know, work out or, donate money to a good cause it's uh, extremely beneficial we're actually uh implementing a lot of that stuff in this vr education platform as well because it's like why you know do i want to get on zoom and subscribe to all these classes when uh when i'm not like feeling rewarded for it and like that that's just like a kind of a core human thing Um, but you could also go way deeper so you could go with like you know different boss modes or have like secret corridors that open when you get to a certain stage all of a sudden there's something that that uh, you know, requires access. You're collecting gems, and those gems allow you to to move into this new space. It's essentially like the the step above a reward program. So like all the credit cards and airlines <laughs> and things have like this. You know, you're just acquiring points to spend on something. This is the next level above that. So it's just really like creating these fun uh, concepts that that video games have used since the beginning, and why it's the biggest one of the biggest industries in the world. Um, mm-hmm. By, by using those addictive feedback loops for, for positive change.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. There's a talk by a former Google employee. Um, and he basically speaks about how they have it down to a science, how to keep our attention, how to use every technique that they know to keep us engaged to to the likes and to, you know, you look at a, look at a kid today and they're all looking down it's 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 crazy um david lone Bear talked about how there was a prophecy about uh the rainbow monster stealing your children's minds and just what i've studied in propaganda and what can happen with media and what can happen with tv and and music um we had a weird experience at uh um what was that what's the one in california Lightning Uh, in a bottle. bottle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've had these in-depth talks about, you know, how music can influence and all these different things. And right now it looks like it's being used in a negative manner. What if it were switched for using it for positivity for growth for spiritual development mental development emotional development community uh virtues you know you take like an ethics class i just went through uh watching the good place on netflix and it's a brilliant show uh they weave in philosophy and and comedy and that's a really great way to um you know to share information through comedy a lot of comics are incredibly smart but I think it would be brilliant to use everything we've learned about how to take in and focus a person's attention especially a kid and steer that towards positive means because right now we're so disconnected or many of the masses are so disconnected we're more disconnected that to each other uh, to nature to ourselves to many different things and so I feel like technology is a tool that can be used positively or negatively. And, and I guess, what are your thoughts on all of that? Like, how do we, how do we begin to make that shift because you're high up in the music industry, you've seen some things, how do we start to steer these things in a more positive direction? Do you notice other gaming companies or people working in a similar fashion?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few, there's definitely a few. And we're all, you know, talking, we're all like conspiring because it's like, it's such a small small world when it comes to to people really understanding that these mediums could be used for for a positive impact but that's kind of been my thing lately is you know talking to people that are genuinely afraid of of the you know the next wave of technology they're afraid of vr um, they think we're going to be like lost inside of this matrix even though like you said they don't realize they're already lost in the matrix of their phone or at a, a watching a movie it's the exact same thing it's just more immersive you know um but It's not like we could get any more addicted i mean i don't want to (laughs) to knock on wood when i say that but but yeah i mean for me it's like this stuff is coming there's a huge wave facebook google apple they're all spending so much money billions of dollars to create these high level ar vr um, experiences they understand that it's the future so it's like we could either retreat into the mountains and live our lives out as like peaceful monks trying to like fully escape where society is going or we could utilize these technologies and you know, the industries like hotels and festivals to really work within and figure out ways that we can make an impact uh, inside of the existing industries. Because really, you know, like with VR, of course there's gonna be porn and violence. And like you said, you know, seeing these horror games, like yeah, the horror games are some of the top category experiences and it's just like straight mind pollution, if, if, you're, if you were to ask me. So um, all of that stuff is here. And it's just a matter of how fast could we create really compelling content that allows the user to decide between the two. And there's actually a positive, inspiring choice that's right in front of them that actually could be more fun than the ones that they're, they're currently having, like the cheap thrill type experiences. So that's kind of been my whole take on it is like we got to keep working within the system uh, because it's, it's inevitable. You know, it's the, the wave is here and uh, yeah, I'm just trying to build a better surfboard, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like there are positive options at the moment and we can use the existing technology to build something incredibly powerful so we can, um, like even with meditation and binaural beats, you know those sound technologies uh, are are really powerful, especially for people who don't know how to meditate or they you know they don't want to. You there's things like Sync Tuition, which is this amazing sound experience merging binaural beats, and so uh, Float Pods. is another one, right? You don't really need to know how you can go in and experience what that's like, you know, using assisted technology. So where I kind of want to go with this is a little bit more out there because of Uh, our friendship and our connection and some of the things we've talked about. We have seen things that are very strange um, and witnessed them together, like the experience at, uh, at uh, lightning in a bottle. That was weird. And we know, and where you sent me the thing about Elon Musk and Grimes, and that's very fascinating to kind of do some research on that. And most people are unaware of all this stuff. And so it would seem to me like there's light and dark in this world and you and i have kind of seen some things that make us question that and what i wanted to ask you is how do you see things unfolding from a spiritual level how do you see things moving forward because right now it it seems like we're in end of times almost you know we've had we we've heard of you and i have sat in the same discussions listening to some of the craziest theories right but then we've seen some things that are absolutely mind-blowing so we're like well maybe that is the way that things are going maybe the maybe the earths are shifting maybe the earth is flat who friggin' knows right like you know being friends with some of the people that we know and, and hearing some you know really amazing stories how do you see things unfolding because i know a lot of people right now are very concerned they're very afraid and i just love to hear your two cents on on what you think of everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, my recent viewpoint is that, you know, the, the old forces, whatever whatever we want to call them, uh, you know, many names, the cabal or whatever it is. But it feels to me that this is kind of the Hail Mary pass. This is like they understand that the world is shifting for the better. Uh, you know, I'm working on this event with the UN and it's really centered around uh, changemakers under 30 And this is, you know, the, the decade of change between now 2020 and 2030. And so this event is focused on youth change makers and it's amazing to see these Gen Z's and, and the new generation is generation alpha, um, really like, you know, walking out of their history classes and like fully like wanting to walk away from the system, like full protests at school, whatever it is, um, and to me, it feels that feels like we're just like fully on course to, uh, you know, to change this planet. And this was kind of like the last hurrah. Like all the stuff, like sparking a race war. Um, like how how dark the media has gotten. Like just you know, all the things that are going on in the U.S. are just so crazy, um, and around the world. And it just for me on a very positive note, it feels like this is kind of like their last stand and they're just like throwing everything but the kitchen sink at us. Because at the end of the day, I mean, as soon as all this stuff happened in March, my feeds on social media were just littered with incredible workshops and yoga and everyone offering their gifts. And it was like a full 24-7 music festival of every single cool offering from you know they don't even have to be influencers just regular people that can no longer teach their yoga classes are now doing a class every single morning and it's just interesting if I was like an alien looking at the planet and watching the shifts that were occurring as soon as like the world shut down and seeing how it was being moved around in social media I think I would have a, a big smile on my face to like you know really see that and you know on a practical level. I've been saying that, that we really have the option every day to either go through the portal, which is like this creative portal of building the new earth, focusing on our skill sets and what's going on, or we could fall into this pit. And whether that pit is in you know, social media or it's like all the conspiracy theories, I think that a lot of these conspiracy theories are real, um, but I don't feel that I could make an impact on a specific subject nearly as much as what I could do with the skill sets and with my companies and the things I'm already focused on so for me it's like every single day I have to make the choice like do I fall down this pit of the you know all watching all this stuff kind of unfold or do I go through this creative portal and really focus on my god-given talents and implementing all the things and all the stuff I'm working on and use it as fuel and motivation to put this stuff out into the world as fast as possible you know so that's that's been kind of my, my take on it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot to say. I I definitely follow a lot of the same stuff you do, Matt, but, um, but yeah, man, I mean, on the practical level, it's like, there's, there's only so many hours in the day and I, I would rather spend them, uh, building the new earth
0: that's a really great answer. And I've been reflecting on that question myself quite a bit. And I ask it to a lot of people and, and uh, I had a discussion with one of my best friends He was visiting and we were, we were talking about it. And he basically, as I was telling him what I was doing, I was like, you know, I could kind of focus on building the podcast and Zen athlete and personal development programs and meditation and create. And he, he reflected it back to me saying, you know, you can create the solution or you can kind of fight, uh, fight the problem. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to talk about a little bit is you and I both worked on a project with Nick Janicki on, uh, on organ harvesting that we wanted to mm. do in, in China. So I didn't know about this until I met you and Nick and Nick was wanting to do this big festival to, to raise awareness around the forced organ harvesting that's going on in China. Um, I don't know what the numbers are, but they were really huge. And I couldn't believe I had never heard about that. But basically in China, people are having their uh, organs forcibly removed and and going into jail. And they're specifically targeting fallen Dafa meditators. And so you've seen stuff that exists like that. And as we move the project along we wanted to build a festival nick got the axe we got the land everything was kind of moving moving along to make it happen but right at the end when we got the land something happened somebody figured out what we were doing that it was connected to negatively um showcase what was happening in china and it got shut down and uh nick ended up losing a lot of money Uh, and and that's yeah sorry buddy but he tried and so you know, Nick is someone you also stay in touch with, and so we're aware of these things. and And my hypothesis is that you know the USA quite potentially is being attacked right now. Um, you could call it from China, or you could call it from a global elite, the globalists, or whatever. And if you look at what's happening to your country, with divide and conquer and destroy it with from within, you know. I even saw a, a GIF today that said um, something about neutral. You can't be neutral. Like neutral is violence or something like that. So pick a side and, and get a sword, you know Get out of here. So it's everywhere. You know, this, this stuff is absolutely everywhere. And my question is after working on projects like that and, and knowing this stuff exists, what do you feel about, you know, those two options are, are, are building the solutions. Like, do you want to add on to what you said or, It's not really a question. It's more of a statement. What's Nick doing, right? Because he tried. And it's like, when we look at human trafficking, having 200 million people, and I worked on the International Tribunal for Natural Justice for a bit, I don't know if I saved one kid from human trafficking. It's so immense. And how do we provide Mm. or find these solutions? How do we look at it and know it exists, but make the better choice and not get lost in the darkness? because that's what's happening. Mm. You know, a lot of people kind of wake up, quote unquote, look and see how systems are run and what's ha- what's influencing. And then they, they get sucked in and then they're stuck. They're they're kind of like overwhelmed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that, yeah. I mean, the, the Blacklisted Festival was, was the name of it. That was a very interesting experience to really um, get the, you know, see from the inside out what not only what's happening in China and and you know how much evidence there is that they, these things are happening but uh you know how like yeah what's at stake really and it's really interesting i've i've heard of you know some some prophecies talk about like the sleeping dragon and that you know china being such a huge global force and having the largest population is like once this dragon awakens that's when mass consciousness will flood the planet and essentially like that's kind of the the hold on the world is like all of these people that are so suppressed um so i think that yeah i mean the mission is super noble and i i still really believe in it and i i see some things shifting i see it coming out in the mainstream media more um uh so i mean that's that's good to see um but you know on on the point of just like being overwhelmed in the darkness i think that For me, what I've um, realized—I actually was having this conversation with somebody last night—was just seeing how how many organizations, social impact organizations, are all working fully siloed. They're just like in their own container. They're not sharing resources. Like the reason that the U.S. military is so powerful is because it's the most organized, structured, you know, environment you could ever be in, and every single branch shares information and. They're all pulling resources, and you know when you look at nonprofits and social impact groups, all of them are kind of like doing the opposite of that. They're all like doing the same thing. Like I got my pilot's license when I was like 18, and one of the big flying jobs that you could do was to fly medical equipment into developing countries or into uh, uh, like Native American reservations, where uh, you know you could fly doctors into into these. Um, places that didn't have medical access. And there was probably just an, in Phoenix alone, there was like three or four organizations doing the exact same thing, but they were using their own planes. They were using their you know, individual pilots. Like if they were just able to kind of drop the ego and figure out how to merge companies. And I'm actually, uh, we're in talks right now with, with one of my VR companies about a company merger. And so I know that it's very possible to merge companies. And it's just really interesting to look at how that's kind of unfolded, that there hasn't been like this world conglomerate of uh, social impact groups that really are just like, let's just work together on everything. And I know that's easier said than done. um, But, you know, on that point, I really think that it's important that as like an individual just waking up and like really seeing the world for what it is, wanting to get out of your nine to five or maybe being fully unemployed um, due to COVID, uh, it's... Instead of keeping that egoic, like I'm going to change the world and like, here's my idea and I'm going to go out and fundraise for it and uh, like holding on to this idea. The biggest thing that's really changed my life as an entrepreneur in the last maybe five years is understanding that it doesn't have to be all me and that I should be working with other groups of people and I should I don't have to know every skill set and be able to you know do financing and spreadsheets and sales and marketing it's like still how do I stay in my lane and create the biggest impact within even organizations that already exist or with team members where it's not about taking the credit for making the impact it's just about being able to like fully showcase your skills and work collaboratively. And then from there, you could use that as a launch pad to go create your own thing or go work with, with the next higher organization up or whatever it is. But I think that's a real stifling issue with entrepreneurs and, you know, the kind of the, the conscious entrepreneur scene is, is trying to build your own thing and realize and thinking that that's like the, you know, the full end all be all when, You could be working with other people, making a bigger impact, and then just using that to to scale and go somewhere else
0: yeah that 's a really great insight and I one hundred percent agree with that because there are so many people that have built something that are further along than you, and you need to learn and you might find a great group of people and you could build from all those experiences and you can get started right away you don 't have to figure it all out you don 't have to figure out the name and how you 're going to do it and how you 're going to make money. Maybe you work your nine to five and volunteer I feel, I feel like that 's a really great way for people to get connected you know i 've had a few people um, volunteer and support me and then by association, they're kind of connected to everybody that I'm connected to. And and when they've done great work, I've I've been able to share them with my friends and 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 they always they always helped because they wanted to help, because they love the show and they want to support me. And so that's something that I've done as well, is I've gone into the environments where the people existed Um, whether it was training, I wanted to train with Shaolin monks. I wanted to meditate with monks and kind of learn from the best, but also you and I, when we would travel around to these different festivals, most of our travel was based on, you know, the leading edge in what was going on. So we can immerse ourselves in those spaces. And sometimes we'd volunteer. Sometimes we'd be working, but it was really about the education and also the service and what we were doing to, you know, to grow and and move toward making a positive impact. And as you continue to do that, your direction refines, you know, it might start vague, but as you continue to work and get experience and have more conversations and meet more people, the direction refines, you know, what you were working on when we first met with, uh, you know, and, and everything you've done has been amazing to witness as a friend and, but your intention has remained the same. You know, And it kind of modified as you went around and it wasn't easy. You put in uh, a ton of work and you have lots of integrity. So I'm always rooting for your success. And it's cool to see how the, the projects and the impact expand as you continue to show up. And, and the universe will give you a little bit more and give you a little bit more and help direct you. So I think that's an amazing insight and very important for people to hear.
1: Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, just on that note too, my my new business partner, which I feel so blessed to say, Joe Polish, he's just like the most epic legendary entrepreneur ever. Uh, he, he gave me a, he talked to me a little bit about something he calls, um, what does he call it? He calls it opportunity byproducts. So essentially what that is, is like when you're running, when you're training to run a marathon, so you're starting at like never running before. And then, you know, all the way over here is the 26.2 miles that you want to run. This thing that you're that you're working towards there's all these byproducts that come out of it so it's like the first thing is you start eating healthier and then you join a running group and you meet new friends in this running group and then you know you start to like watch watch like you know, documentaries that are inspiring and that encourages you to like start creating a vision board or whatever. So like you have this end goal of running a marathon, but it's actually as an entrepreneur, it's all about these opportunity byproducts, like the things that come out of trying to get to that end goal. Like my goal two or three years ago was to create the biggest festivals in the world and wake up the masses through uh, inspiring, you know, content, inside of these like created music festival worlds but ultimately that led to vr and then that led to education and then that led to you know so it's like you it's not really about that that 26.2 miles it's those opportunity byproducts that come off of it and so i think that's like one of the best lessons that i've learned recently um i mean i've kind of been living it as you say but to like actually have a term for it makes me feel better to like be able to explain it but yeah i mean that's totally what it is man it's like just keep plugging away at it and look at all these little things that come off of it as like the real, the real goal. And like the real, uh, you know, gold uh, behind it.
0: That's amazing. And it's interesting too. uh, And congratulations being a business partner with Joe Polish because uh, he's a big deal. And I have a, I have a story about him. When I left home, I wanted to go snowboarding out West and I went to an internet marketing seminar at maybe 23 or something. I don't know, 21, whatever, somewhere in there. And I went down to internet marketing seminar, and he was one of the speakers, and as the youngest person there, I was sleeping behind this Carl's Juniors in the back of my, uh, you know, SUV at the time because I couldn't afford the hotel room. He spoke, and and I said, "Oh man, that was really great." And and he asked me what was going on. I was like, "Yeah, I think I told him I was sleeping at the Carl's Juniors or something." And uh, he gave me his course, and I think it was like seven hundred bucks U.S. at the time. He just gifted it to me as a uh, mm. Uh, as just a gift and i said thank you so much man so that's my uh, first and only interaction with them just being an absolutely tremendous human being so uh, shout out joe thanks man that that helped and when i was in whistler i you know started my first uh online you know, entrepreneurship gig made a little bit of money. I was able to get me uh, snowboarding and enough to pay rent and drink beer. And that's all I needed for, for a while. And, <laughs> and so that's like the most Canadian thing. you've can <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Um, and that was good, man. I missed those times and now things are a little different. Um, do you want to share one of your weird stories? You've shared some some crazy stories with me i don't know if you want to you could say yes you could say no or maybe you could share a medium one any any story that is either way out there and i know you're crazy ones and would love to have those and or just something uh a story where you know it was like a universal wink so you can go soft if you want and you can go, you universal can go with, wink, Nice. <laughs> or you oh, can go yeah or you can go with one of those gnarly ones
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it you're like the only person that could like bring this out in anybody <laughs> you're like you know that story you've never even told your parents like you should say it right here to <laughs> um yeah man i mean that's it's been really interesting i've like just i was fully removed from social media for like the better part of two years and just started like really posting again and and Looking at it as more of a tool than, than a distraction, and, and just being on there specifically to send a message and, and get off, which has been really interesting. And kind of what, why I've been doing that is building up to releasing um, more of, like, of these stories, of these like very very intense alien experiences, ET encounters that um, you know, I, I regularly say, and, and honestly, I've, most of the stories I've only told to a handful of people. Uh, because they're so powerful and and honestly a lot of them are like traumatic and how how visceral the experience was and how hard it is to come back into normal society after having an experience like that and not just like fully being blown out and just having you know no motivation to do anything understanding that there's beings on this planet currently that that are accessible you know um so the reason that I've been building up the social media is to like really start to convey some of these stories in a way that that I feel, um, you know, respects the story itself and respects how I went through it. And a lot of times like, you know, the, my girlfriend, uh, Mia, she she's really the only one that knows like the full gamut of, of my ET experiences. And so we'll be at like an event and she'll meet some like very, you know, higher dimensional being or someone that's a palladium channeler or whatever it may be and she's like oh well i'd love for lyle to tell you some of these things you know like lyle tell them about your time at bell rock and sedona or whatever it is and for me it's like at this point i tell people i'd rather you come over and we sit down and like have tea and like really get into this versus me kind of giving you like the little synopsis because it's like one it's really intense for me to talk about and two it like doesn't really give it justice unless you get like the full spectrum, like, you know, multi you know, usually it's a, over an hour long of an experience to really drop them in. It's not like, Oh, well, I saw this little UFO fly over me. It's like, here's from start to finish what happened. Um, <laughs> so, you know, on that, on that note. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would, I really want to like go deep on, on talking about these things. And that's really my plan for like the, second part of this year and like making some video content and things about it um you know i mean matt you and i've like you've, you've briefly mentioned that lightning in a bottle i mean that was that was a pretty intense experience for i think everyone involved i don't know if you want to kind of share your your viewpoint on it but i'm happy to to elaborate on that one i mean that one's that one's definitely like more of the universal wink side versus the full spectrum like Oh my God, I, you know, how do I even integrate back into society experience?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that one's, that one's, I'd say a lightweight one. Um, but it, but it also highlights a little bit of, of the negative side. And so, you know, I'll, I'll share from my view and then you can kind of hear, uh, you know, tell your story and you're totally correct in these stories. And the reason why I bring and ask guests to share them is because I'll get emails all the time of saying this person shared this story here's my story and so i flip open my email and i got like you know a whole novel to read and immediately like i'm you know the reaction i get is i'm a bit annoyed because it's like so long and i i'm super busy but then the next thing is Okay, I'm super grateful someone's willing to share that story with me because I know I got to go read through it and they and they it's so hard to cut things out. And whenever when I've shared my stories with you, when you've shared them with me, when we've had the stories together, they are minimum half hour stories and you and I have been present to so many people's stories that just make you question reality as just a materialistic reality of just what we what we see with our eyes. It shatters reality that you have to rethink Everything, and when there are so many people having these experiences, and they're undefinable, you know, it could be many different things. Nobody says, you know, this is what it is, and that's the final result. What we share is this is exactly what we experienced, and we want to share you because we, tr- we we trust you enough to give uh, feedback um, to get, you know, what did you hear? What do you think? Because we want to know, and we don't share with everybody because most people just think you're nuts. You know what I mean? They just think you're totally nuts and you're out to lunch or whatever the case is. And so what's the point of uh, wasting that breath? So over tea is definitely uh, the best experience. And so the one that you're talking about, lightning in a bottle is a good story because that's when we first met and we also i met you and clay and that's a crazy ex- story of how i even got there going down to la to build a delphi village of this you know permanent sustainable city that they want and i do a u-turn and get into all craziness and meet you guys down in in la and so the first night we were hanging out we were we go to watch it was grimes right
1: yeah. I mean, I don't think we had the intention of seeing her, but she was headlining. Yeah. She was. Yeah. We were,
0: we were there. I think we were there watching someone else and, and, uh,
1: and it we was the earth
0: harp. Yes. The earth harp. Yes. So good. So you and I are just chatting as we do about the universe, just making friends real quick. And in the middle of this song, she grimes had come on and she lets out this scream that is like some sort of soul wrenching demonic sound that was held a pitch that was like 10 seconds. You know, and it was in a way that there's no way it was an accident. It was held at this pitch that there was no way it was an accident. And it like it made me shudder. I couldn't, I never heard a sound like that. I was like, oh my God. And I remember looking at you and be like, you heard that, right? And we gotta leave. And so you and I left and we're trying to process what in the hell we had just heard. It was, it was, it was a serious, serious, serious sound. And the next day, as I went around and talked to people, we've, I discovered that many other people heard it and left immediately and was just like, what was that? And they, they were trying to process, you know, like what, like, what the hell was that? It was, it was, it was soul shaking, whatever that was, you know? And that's mm. what I was like, okay, there's, there's different dimensions. There's things going on here. Like this is, you know, you need to be kind of aware. You can't be going around, you know, without any kind of awareness here. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of back, backstory for, for that experience. Um, well, what was so interesting was that, yeah, I mean, lighting in a bottle, so much like feel-good music, you know, collective community, just super up, like uplifting vibes all over that festival. And, yeah, the headliner for the night is now Elon Musk's uh, wife, um, R.L. Grimes. And, yeah, I mean, she came up on stage and, and literally looked possessed. She was like a limp body. Like, she, her, her neck was down and she was just rolling her arms. And it was like something that, you know, I would never wa- – I could imagine seeing it like some crazy, like, death metal, you know – like, I don't know, underground club or something that you see would never catch me in. But it was just so out of context. And then, yeah, she literally got on the microphone and just started screaming like she was getting stabbed, uh, like repeatedly to the point where it basically like disrupted the entire energy of, you know, whatever the 10,000 people that were all in the audience. And that led to, um, so Dream Rockwell is a really close friend of mine who's the founder of Lightning in a Bottle. And uh, she had a lot of her own experiences that happened that night that kind of coincided with that, that occurring. Um, not, and also to mention that a lot of the stages around the festival were all starting to shut down. And Matt, I think you and I were experiencing that because after we left her experience, we were going to other stages where the music was cutting off, there was like this crazy interference going on um, with, with the technology. Um, That was also a really pivotal night too because Bernie Sanders, do you remember that? Bernie Sanders interrupted, that was the craziest thing. And I've been to like probably 200 music festivals plus at this point. And right at midnight, like right before RL Grimes went on, there was a broadcast like interruption and a projector that went across the main stage screen. And it was Bernie Sanders face telling people, he's like people of lightning in a bottle. I will be losing this election to Hillary Clinton, and I want everyone here that supports me to vote for Hillary so Trump doesn't win, and he, like, had this full message sent out, like, directly to the people of Lightning in a Bottle, which I was thought was so strange that, I mean, that the festival's producers decided to air that, like, the time that they decided to air that, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it created a serious ripple throughout that event, and, like, I have multiple friends. Um, one of which Adam Apollo, I think you might know him, Matt.
0: Yeah, Um, I met him in Egypt. Well, I knew him before, but we, we went to Egypt with the resident science foundation together.
1: Yeah. He's epic. So, um, I have a few friends like him that have had alien experiences that go far beyond what, what Matt and I experienced, uh, outlining in a bottle that night. And my real theory for that is that being that there are these like open kind of cosmic playgrounds, a lot of times it's, You know, they're out in the middle of nowhere Um, there. You could wear any costume or disguise that you want. Like if I was a multidimensional being, an alien, not from this planet, and I wanted to see the full totality of what a human experience looked like, and I could do it in disguise, I would fly my alien ship over to the (laughs) middle of freaking nowhere and park it and put on my freaking, you know, headdress and walk into a music festival. And I've had, uh, personally, I've had experiences meeting these these beings in person at music festivals, completely sober. And I know a lot of people at this point that have also had experiences, specifically at places like Burning Man and music festivals, that are people that have never take drugs. I mean, I don't think Adam Apollo ever takes any drugs, and um, or medicines or whatever you want to call them. And these experiences have fundamentally shifted their lives because of uh, the beings that they come in contact with, and uh, yeah, man. I mean, it is, it's a full rabbit hole. Um, but, but yeah, that night was, was very pivotal. And we, my favorite part about it though was Matt and I decided to go walk around and just start doing collective group ohms. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think we were with like maybe one or two other people, but we would literally stand like right on the outskirts of, of where all the crowds of people were, all these stages that were all like everywhere, you know, there was, music that was scattered, it was turning on and off. There was like, you know, grime screaming on stage, all these things happening. And we're like, why don't we just blast this place with the most positive light possible and just do these massive group ohms together. And uh, yeah, so we would get like four or five of us together and we'd start doing these rolling ohms. So we'd take a deep breath in, ohm. And as we would do that, more and more people would just join in on the circle. So initially it was like five of us and we'd be like in the center and then there'd be another ring of people and another ring. And like, it was so amazing because once you start it, you're right in the middle. So you like really (laughs) feel the collective energy of everyone building around you. And it was like intoxicating for us. And I remember us walking around the festival grounds and like seeing all this scattered chaotic energy and just walking over there and starting a group home and then multiple people joining in. And we were creating like these bubbles of love that I mean, was one of my biggest festival highlights ever, honestly. it was so cool.
0: That's amazing, man. Well, I, I love those insights, and I totally forgot about the the ohm you, you there's a lot that I want to kind of bring up. The first thing that, that I think about is that you know fear separates fear makes us think that we're alone, and when You've gone to those, fa- you know, some people say Burning Man is like this old pagan thing that is, is, is CIA mind control. And it could be. I would have no problem with that being true, uh, you know, because there are some stuff there that I see is like really bad. They could be experimenting um, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff there. I have no idea. And also there is a lot of good. There's a, you know, it feels like when you go to those places, it is almost like some sort of multi dimensional spiritual battle. Um, you know, I've been mm-hmm. to Bernie Man completely sober, um, and then th- there's been times where I've taken mushrooms and had different experiences, um, but also had some wild experiences completely sober, and I've heard people share experiences completely sober, and also on psychedelics, and when they're on psychedelics, maybe it, you know, y- you never really know what's going on, but also mm-hmm. at the same time, if they've done psychedelics enough, y- you're able to separate fact from Fiction, mostly, but still, excuse the story a little bit. Um, but there are many, many stories of people completely uh, sober. The Bernie Sanders thing—I didn't know. I might have noticed that, but I think it was my Canadianness that just didn't care, and so I just like, you know, um, you know, I'm not even in this. But it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, what's going on in the U.S. right now? I think it all has to do with the elections, and you know, when you look at all the things going on, and and. Uh, I watched a documentary called Shadowgate of what's possible with, you know, skewing, um, Google and searches towards, you know, a preferred party. Um, if you own, um, NHL and NBA and formula one, all of that's for black lives matter, which, um, black lives obviously matter. Um, that's the thing and systemic racism is a, is an issue. We need, we need to address issues that are real issues. Um, and also, if you look at it and they're connected to Antifa and then you look at some of the other things and then they also, um, the funding goes right to the Democratic Party, those, that also matters to kind of look at what's going on here because it adds more context to the story. And so when NBA, NHL, Formula One, uh, all music is all kind of going in one direction, And you got to like at least factor that in to make sure you're getting the whole entire story. Um, And because I come from a background of working on human trafficking and um, also the organ harvesting, my lens is a little bit different. I'm looking at policies and people influencing and trying to take down human trafficking. And the Hillary Clinton thing is interesting because when Pizzagate come out, it's super dark. And some people say, oh, that's a conspiracy. And I say, well, I looked into it and there's a lot of evidence that says it should be investigated. That's for darn sure. And if you look at a common sense thing and say, you look up Hillary Clinton and then Google John Podesta art. This is the art he chooses to have in his home. That's a crazy choice. That art is incredibly sick. And and looking at some of this work and doing it, you go down that rabbit holes that are pretty terrifying. And Alex Sikaris was on my podcast and we're friends now. And, uh, you know, he wrote a book called Why Evil Matters, How Science and Religion Flubbed a Big One. And he told a story about basically MK MKUltra, which a lot of us know exists. Um, we know a lot of these mind control stuff exists. But he goes, if there are groups of people in satanic cults that are torturing children... To, so entities can go, come in them. Um, we need to know if that's real or not. And Alex is a skeptic. Like this guy's a hardcore skeptic. And that's what his research drew him to. And then you look at music and some of the symbolism and what, what even they'll say out of their own mouth. And you, you start to draw these things together. You become curious. Is this, is this real? Is this something that I need to pay attention to? Um, because I feel like when you go down those rabbit holes, it's terrifying. And the only way it's terrifying is if we're not united is if we're just unaware of it it's because it's the fear and the not understanding and the just full on ignorance that can make it powerful and frightening but when we're united and we just have an understanding we can work together to build something else where that can exist in its own world but we don't participate in it anymore right if you listen to music and you have an understanding that maybe some of the messaging in there isn't positive like mental nutriments you can make a different choice to something that is more powerful just like if when you understand Coke has 35 grams of sugar in it and you keep drinking that it's not good for you you can drink your natural spring water make a better choice but the challenge is there's so much money and profit involved in some of these things that are addictive and not good for us whether it's sugar and crappy food and all these different things and so we get um, you know in spiritual terms let's say stuck in the material world like the grossness you know we're unable to make a clear choice We're we're unable to kind of see two options. We're kind of stuck to one option. And when you're just doing something um, that's only one option, then you're kind of a slave, right? Uh, Freedom is having more than one option to move or to think or to make a different choice and have that um, ability to do so. And so do you want to add on to that rant? I just was saying a bunch of stuff I was thinking. (laughs) I mean, I'm interested in what you have to say, (laughs) Q. An Oregon eclipse too. That was a, a oh, and so actually, this is this is good. Um, this is good. I wanted to not go Bring so some the in there. Yeah. yeah, this is um, r- the next day after R. L. Grimes. What I do remember was like the polar opposite with Dream Rockwell, going to watch Dream Rockwell's presentation and and seeing her performance and how inspiring it was and how connected it was and you know, how masterful it was. She's just really an extraordinary person, um, you know, and what she put together. So it, it gave me hope. And I, I, yeah, I guess the question that I want to ask you, if you're going to talk about like ETs and beings, um, you know, even Dr. Nisha Manik was on my podcast and she talked about the Buddha relics and how she went into the museum and, and beings like these yogis appeared like yoga. And that wasn't Yogananda. She said other people, but physical beings appeared. And if you look at autobiography of a yogi, um, the life and teachings of the masters of the far East, many personal accounts, there's, there's beings and whether they're people, whether they're, aliens whether they're technologies whether it's a brain malfunction who knows um but it happens to many people and my question to you is if if there are realms that exist like that what's your thought on on the difference between good and evil some people say the aliens are bad some say the aliens are good um what do you think about that idea of of their participation on the planet
1: yeah i mean i think it's all of it i think that there's you know all the forces kind of at work um yeah I mean so it's really interesting my like whole first take on on ETs I was like I think I was maybe in ninth grade I wrote a report like you're my you know my English report for the year was around proving that extraterrestrials exist and <laughs> like yeah like literally like 14 years old like just fully deep in it um and I think one of the big stories that inspired me is my dad is an airline pilot and oh, yeah. when I was young when I was younger, he uh, was flying over Nevada, they had some like crazy weather issues and they had to basically like fly around this, this large storm and he ended up accidentally flying over Area 51. And what happened was they, their intercom was interrupted. So basically, you know, when you're, and I have my, my pilot's license as well and it's, it's interesting. So when you're on a set frequency, uh, when you're flying, you're only on the frequency of whatever tower that you're communicating with. Or, or you know, there's, there's very specific frequencies you have to tune into for getting clearance to fly over an airport or to land. And so uh, my dad was shocked to find out that the frequency that he had uh, inputted to, you know, navigate to the next uh, checkpoint for where they were, were flying these passengers was fully interrupted by Area 51. Came in through the intercom for the pilots of, a, I think it's a U.S. Airways is what he was flying for then, or maybe it was America West before they were purchased. But they came on on the intercom and said, like, if you don't fly outside of this zone right now, we will shoot you down. <laughs> so this is like a commercial airliner with 130 passengers. They're 30,000 feet in the air, flying around a storm, like, and they were worried about. People seeing out the window from thirty thousand feet, what they were doing, and worried enough to literally like sacrifice hundreds of lives in order to make sure that that information wasn't seen. And so I think he told me that story when I was like twelve or thirteen, and I was just full on like, yeah, just so convinced that the things that are going on right now, or you know, at that time, were uh, was was something that I really need to to dive into. So um, I remember I got like a ninety-eight or something on the paper because English was, was my favorite subject, and my professor or teacher literally wrote on there. He was like, you know, I hope the alien overlords don't find out how much you know about them. Like you may be in trouble or something. Was like his <laughs> comment, his comment and red pen at the end of my my essay. Um, so yeah, man, I've been I've been deep in into what what it means to be on this little tiny planet. That civilization is, you know, 10, 20, maybe 100,000 years old, uh, at least in this current, you know, in, in incarnation. Uh, and understanding that there's planets that are so much older um, everywhere, that that they're we're definitely not alone, and that if they were able to travel millions of light years they're definitely not traveling by freaking jet fuel. You know, they're <laughs> traveling through wormholes and they're able to do things that we can't even comprehend that Tesla and others have started to figure out. Um, so, so yeah, man, I think they're all here. I think that the kind of the difference, though, in my opinion, is that the, the dark forces are actually more uh, on the ground. They're, like, capable or they're more willing to alter free will with the human race and come in and actually be a part of our government and be a part of the system so that they could really start to impact and move things in uh, in a negative way. And the more benevolent races, uh, I believe, uh, really are focused on the free will aspect and think that if they're going to come down to help humanity that we would do just like the Egyptians did and other societies did worship them like gods and only listen to them because we feel like they're you know these superior beings which they they are but it would fully it would be like you trying to teach your kid a lesson and instead of letting them learn the lesson by themselves you just continually show them what not to do you know they want us to be able to catch our own fish they don't want us to, to be fed fish by them and so I think that that's the big the big, you know, uh, differentiator is the fact that uh, that the benevolent forces want to make sure that we could do this as a planet without um, them being on the ground and just shifting things for us, you know? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's been my big take
0: on it. I love it, man. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of that I definitely concur with. And, you know, you and I can speak like this. Like, if you've listened to the podcast before, you probably are okay with this kind of talk. And, you know, you and I have been in some very interesting discussions with people who are very, uh, let's say, powerful or interesting or just had very unique life experiences. You know, like even having Laura Eisenhower on the show a few times. You know, apparently it was her grandfather that signed the first agreement with extraterrestrials. And, When you look, it seems, I agree that there's probably good ones and bad ones, just like humans. If we had to explain that to, you know, we travel somewhere are humans good, well, they can be good and they can be bad. They're, you know, they're kind of both. And I think the participation part, the spiritual part, when you look at things like, again, autobiography of a yogi or these ascended master types, it's connecting to... Goodness, the universe, virtue, well, all those good aspects, and I feel like that light or that connection or that truth is so much more powerful than darkness um I had a meditation the other day, and it was actually you know i I read Dr. Nisha's paper on the Buddha relics um she said that basically they can. Uh, imbue consciousness in different relics and also in different places and so these are concepts i've heard before and, and like and i was really struggling with all the negative stuff that i see planned you know you say the un well there's un 2030 which is a terrible plan so hopefully you, you don't help with that check it out you can be the inside job um but i think that there's also a lot of good in the. that's planet. why i'm
1: getting inside now man yeah yeah
0: i'll be i'll be paying attention and so um you know, I, I did a meditation on those, on, those, um, on those relics, and then all of a sudden I had this wave come through me, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go meditate. I sit in the grass and I start meditating and have one of those universal oneness experiences, very profound meditation, which only happens every blue moon. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen every time, it only happens very rarely, sadly, because it feels so good um, <laughs> and connected and loving. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's the best and in that it just it gave me the one clear idea because it's it's like your you, your brain can't go there your mind can't go there you can't even bring a concept down or whatever it is and it just said you know the idea that you know the only way that darkness uh works is through fear and fear is ignorance and so if you're if you're not you know in fear, if you can just stay centered, you can stay clear, you're going to receive more information. And so even though the outside world might be frightening, whatever this force is that that breathes you, that connects you to all things, to all life, is much more powerful than a dark force that also must exist. You know what I mean? It's a polarization on a scale. I'm going through um, – Uh, the and is very interesting. It says like good and evil. It's like you you need, it's a polar, there's two scales, but you choose through your will, which one you'd want to participate in, you know, what your choice is registering um, in this world of polarization. And so that's our, our unique opportunity and our power within ourselves is to make those choices as we move along and what kind of beings, what kind of experiences And, and you and I, you know, with those you know, some people are like, "Oh, I want this experience with a being or an ET or whatever." It's it's not about that. It's like you know, doing those things and following your own intuition. You know, uh, whatever you 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 found the the word for it, opportunity byproducts of a direction. Then you get these universal winks that kind of remind you that there is something bigger here. That you're you feel alone, but you're not exactly alone. And it's uh it's it's much more powerful than this darkness. But the darkness will give you the illusion of power and make you feel small through separation. And so if you can connect to that interconnection of, of all that is God, Spirit, and the universe, it trumps that all day, however horrifying uh, what we might see or observe or experience in, in reality. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like to say that, you know, uh, seeing isn't believing, but believing is seeing. So it's really a matter of just like being able to open yourself up to these higher dimensional entities. I mean, that's what we call them as these multidimensional dimensional uh, ETs. And so if they're multidimensional, then you have to get to a certain place within your own consciousness to be able to like truly accept that this is a possibility in order to like really expose yourself to, um, to, you know, who they potentially are. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely there man. I, I would, I'm excited. Maybe we'll do a round two or something. And that'll be after I like fully come out with my, my, uh, alien stories and we can just like really dive in. Uh, awesome. Yeah, but I mean I like to tell people too like be careful what you wish for, man, because that's like that's what I wanted and then it happened and then it happened again and I had these experiences and it was so like you said destabilizing and you have to like really restructure your entire life that um honestly after the first one I was like I'm good. Like that's all the confirmation that I need. I know that it's not just like a theory now it's a fact and uh then after I had another few experiences I was like, wow, you know, this is almost like overload. And honestly, I haven't had one in a in a, in a long time because of that. I've like kind of closed myself off to wanting to be in contact with these beings because uh because yeah, I mean I like got the message. It's like the Timothy Leary quote, you know, once you get the get the message, hang up the phone. It's like I I, I understand what the mission is, the cosmic mission and and how to bring consciousness and and wellness and mindfulness into the planet and and my unique ways of doing so. And I'm just going to, you know, stay on that path um, as much as possible and, and work, you know, as hard as I can to, to make that impact.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's another thing too, like this is something that can't be faked and it has to be kind of earned through good virtue. You know, what you do when no one's looking and, you know, studying with the native Americans um, you know, you know, unfortunately, uh, Carlos Barrios, who is one of my mentors and friends in, in the Mayan tradition, his stories were the craziest of all stories. And he would just say them as matter of fact. You know what I mean? Like people floating. He's like, yeah, of course ETs exist. Like, you don't know that? I was like, what? You know? And so to him and oh, yeah. in South America and Central America, it's just a fact. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like not and, even a question. Yeah. It's like, are you looking at this old building that we, you know, is was like 10,000 years old with this spaceship on it and this being is like, that's what that is, dummy. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. (laughs) You know, going to Egypt and places like that. And, but it's not a, it's not a, yeah, it's, I don't know. I just don't want to cut, like so many people just want the quick fix, you know, they want like this, Oh, I'm going to just go do this. And it's going to be, I'm going to get the candy. It's not like that at all. And I have a really long story about one guy I met Tyrone and his experience and, and how he, kind of had an enlightenment experience and did all this really in, insane stuff um but i understood how he did it and basically it was a hundred days of meditation it just he said i was going to stay in meditation all day every day until i figured it out in the year before that he wow. said you know i wanted to know he's like all right i'll tell a very brief story he said i wanted to know um you know like god spirit in the universe so one year i read over 400 books in a year every religious book every spiritual book i could find that didn't do it so i said you know what I'm going to spend uh, the rest of my life in meditation until I know. And he goes, and this, he looked at me, he's like, you can't fake it. And so I was like, okay, so what did you do? And he goes, well, I started meditating. I was like, well, how long? Like, what exactly did you do? He goes, I meditated 20 hours a day. I was like, oh my God. I was like, on what? He goes, when with God. He's like, just one with God. I was like, okay. Uh, he's like I'd, I'd like, I'd sleep for four hours uh, every night. And uh, I was like, well, what did you eat? And he goes, my brother would drop off like just, he's like, I was eating really light. He's like, I just drop over some fruit and vegetables every couple of weeks. And so he goes, it just happened to be about a hundred days. I felt like I was getting electrocuted and I didn't know if I was actually being electrocuted, like water had come in because I'd been in this meditative state for so long. But he had like, you know, he tries to explain the unexpected explainable, which you can't do. And so he's doing the best he can. I like opened up and got this awareness and um, all this kind of stuff. But when he came back into the world, what he was able to do was almost like an ascended master for a little bit. And his main point to me was you can't fake it. It's a connection with you and spirit that you have to honestly ask. And if you look at Yogananda, you look at the spiritual teachers, you look at anybody who walked their life with integrity, um, you know, they say the same thing. It's your connection with spirit and all that you know, whatever you mean that virtue is in the ignorance and the darkness is what separates you with distraction and materialism and greed and all those low things that we know intuitively in our heart are incorrect. We know if we're impressing, we know if we're judging, we know if we're making a choice that harms others. And I think that so many people um, don't ever get to these levels because they don't will it or want it. You have to want it, you know, and going around by default You know, I say just going around the world by default is like, oh, this is just the way it is. And that's what you're going to get. You know, you have to really want it. Not everybody wants that and that's okay. But it's the people that when you, when you and I've heard these stories and I know them from you, it's people who have made that commitment and you can, you're the only one who can make that commitment. And even David Lowebear talks about that being, you know, one of the spiritual teachers of the Mi'kmaq. He said, you know, I was supposed to be born into this, but I remember the day I made the commitment. And that's when mm. I didn't go back. And that's when everything had changed. I made the commitment. And he's like, that's what you have to do in your own way. And it's not a religious thing. And you have to follow these rules because, you know, we make mistakes. We, you know, we're not perfect, but that will and commitment of service and growth and connection and learning and, and yearning for an understanding is there and it's honest and it's pure. You want to chime into yeah. that?
1: yeah no I mean that that's it man and then once you make the commitment you can never really go back you know once you see beyond the veil your your whole perspective switches and you know the friends that you used to have the like the things that you used to relate to like I can't watch sports I can't do a lot of things that I used to think was was fun and entertaining because I understand you know what what is the illusion and and what I really need to be focused on but then also at the end of the day we're all humans like we all need like our little doses of entertainment and netflix and fun you know um yeah so it's like you can't be hard on yourself but you also like really have to to make the commitment and then when you say something like reading 400 books in a year i mean that's crazy that's literally like more than a book a day <laughs> but uh, but it's it, it is possible like i mean for me i've been really implementing an epic morning routine uh my buddy Bryant Wood, who I think it would be great if you had Bryant on the podcast too, Matt, but uh, him and I call it uh, the angel cocktail. So like the angel cocktail <laughs> in the morning is, is to when you wake up, you, uh, you write your dreams down, which I definitely recommend. And even if you can't remember your dreams, you just simply write down, like I use a notepad on my phone, you write down, I don't remember my dream this morning. Like you could start there and that triggers your subconscious to start thinking about, your dream world. And like the next day it becomes easier to recall, like, Oh, I remember, you know, there was a moment in my dream where I saw my girlfriend just write that down and then it gets longer and longer. And now at this point, I could record four or five dreams that I've had over the course of a night in like full detail um, where it takes me 20 or 30 minutes before I even get out of bed, just like sitting there writing things down on my phone. So that is an extremely awesome practice and like really going into um, into these other realms, and you know it's it's super interesting because there there is like the collective consciousness that you could tap into in your dream world. There is people like Tiger Woods that have been quoted saying that he learned how to lucid dream. So when he went into his dream world, he was literally practicing golf. He was like at the driving <laughs> range. He was at the driving range in his dream hitting balls. You know, so it's like Never heard that. you could, yeah. So you could like use dreams to go into like these crazy collective consciousness realms talk to god see your ancestors or you could like literally go in there and practice like i'll i'll have dreams where i'm not lucid in the dream but i'll actually like wake up and remember like being in a business negotiation and like i'm actually practicing my negotiation skills inside of the dream world so like the more that you could tap into that i mean you could utilize you know one third of your life uh, uh, during your sleep, to like really optimize those types of things. So, we go, so I go from the dream journaling um, into like a 30 minute yoga practice, like making it super simple, like even just stretching outside. Um, and then I do breath work. There's like some incredible, uh, really simple breath work techniques that will get you into an altered state faster than any drug that you could ever buy. Um, and then, so from there, um, typically I'll read so like even if you're reading 30 minutes a day you'll you'll start to crush books like you'll start to like really make an impact like over quarantine I've probably read uh, 20 plus books maybe 25 at this point point. Um, and that's just because it's just like that those small increments really build up so it seems crazy to to be able to go through that many books living uh, such a, a busy lifestyle that I do but it's very doable um, and then You know, I'll do, I'll do some like creative writing. So I'll just like bust open my journal and write about, you know, a limiting belief that I want to shed or, um, some sort of experience that happened to me over the last week that like really kind of like showed me my edges, um, you know, some sort of like thing that I was in my, out of my comfort zone and why I was out of my comfort zone. So like really reflecting on that, um, I'll usually do a workout uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a full spectrum, it takes me like two or three hours to get through my morning routine. But <laughs> by the end of it, like my day is already done, like everything that I do on top of it is just bonus. Like, it's like, I like I already did all the self growth, like I learned so much, you know, I learned so much about myself that it's just like, you know, you're just fully lit up. So that's, uh, and actually, I've, I've gotten off of caffeine entirely because of that. Um, so it's been it's been really interesting, but yeah, I mean, that's what it's about, man. It's just like the small incremental steps that you do every day, just build into this like whole new life for you. Uh- Yeah, so that's, that's definitely uh, something I advise people to do and just start small, like do five minutes of yoga. And you know, I do do a meditation after the the breath work as well. But even if you're doing it for five minutes, like you'll really start to, to, you know, be able to drop in easier. It's just like anything, like, it just gets so much easier after the first couple weeks
0: absolutely buddy that's uh i'll I'll chalk that up as lyle's ultimate morning routine you know how Alrod in the five minute or the morning miracles got to watch out that thing is like the the next level that's the mastery dose but uh (laughs) yeah i agree with the increments uh and and also doing it over time consistency is in in, uh as a key um and you you know you shared another important thing saying, saying like you know everything else on top of the day is a bonus because you really took care of yourself in the morning, you know, everything. And even if you work really hard, you can do, you know, set 40 minutes, right. Or, or even 20 minutes, start with that. And, and even just take a couple of those, whether it's the journaling or whatever, and you will transform your life. Over time, it opens up more of the unconscious, more of the subconscious. More, uh, you need to reflect. You know, we wake up; most people wake up and they start their day, and they just repeat the day, and they always feel overwhelmed and and out of control, and because they don't they don't take the time to kind of go within and, and grow and learn and then express. And you need both: mm. you need the inner, and you need the outer. So, uh, yeah, amazing that's, that's
1: that's been a big thing. Is like on that note, it's like the consumption versus digestion. Yeah, you know, so that's, that's a huge component. I actually, um, probably like right at the beginning of the year, I did this whole like content detox. So it was like, literally nothing I was absorbing. So it was, (laughs) it was no reading articles, it was no podcasts, it was no movies, no TV, like literally nothing but music was the only thing that I was like giving myself to consume. And it's like, we are consuming and in this like, you know, spiral, like you're talking about, and we're not able to actually digest the information and integrate it into our lives. So from that like content detox that I did for a full month, it then made me, you know, similar to doing a fast or any type of cleanse, you're then like extremely conscious coming out of the, the fast, what you're putting back into your body. Um, or, I mean, you know, in this case, what you're putting back into your mind. So that that's been a huge thing for me too. It's like when I have days where I've like, read some of a book, and I've worked all day, and then I decided to listen to a podcast, I realized that like, half of this information, I'm not even going to remember, you know, at best. So how much of it am I actually going to be able to like write about and reflect on and meditate on? So that way, I'm actually able to digest it before like jumping into the next thing that I'm consuming.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a really brilliant point too. Um, and with Tyrone's books, uh, you said four. I said four, three hundred. He said three hundred books in a year, so not four hundred, but still, it's a it's immense amount. Um, yeah, wow. buddy, I love you. This has been amazing. Uh, I appreciate you and the work. You know, like I said, you're just a young fellow when we met. Um, I think you're 24. You're still, you're still a young guy. I'm only a few years older, but you know. <laughs> Uh, you've, you've had an incredible work ethic. You have strong integrity. Um, you always do your best. You learn from your mistakes, and you don't always need to be right. You're humble, uh, and you're an overall good, amazing human being. So to be able to s- sustain that for a long time with integrity has been something that's uh, been a privilege uh, to observe in your life, and it's an honor to call you my friend. So uh, is there Thanks, anything- brother. Is there anything else that you want right to share? To you. Thanks, man. Is there yeah, anything I mean, else that you want to talk about or share? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, the, I'm just thinking about like more practical stuff too. There's an app that I, I know that the creators of this app, uh, Ben and Robert, they're epic. Robert's like a former NASA scientist and they built something called Breastscape. Um, Breastscape is this incredible, I think it's, it might be free or it's like $2 in the app store. And essentially it uses the gyroscope on your phone um and you put your phone on your diaphragm so you put it like right below your belly button and or i guess not on your diaphragm but yeah lower so you could do like shallow or a you know really long um diaphragm breathing and what that does is it it creates a biofeedback an instant biofeedback to where the music that is playing through the app so i'll wear my headphones and i lay down with my phone on me and as i take deep inhales and exhales it actually plays like ocean waves crashing or different types of soundtracks that are fully connected to your own breath so like i think that that's an amazing app i definitely recommend it to everybody that's just getting into meditation you could just lay down and like fully be immersed in your own uh, biorhythms, and it's super cheap and effective so I think that, that that's like a cool one just to plug uh, for people that are interested in how to get into some biohacking technology for for little to no money. Uh, and then you could just like open up the, the full rabbit hole from there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. Medit- or breath is the best way to experience presence. You know, if you don't want to mess around with meditation and all the questions you get, just do breath because you're focusing on the breath and it doesn't matter what the pattern in it, br- it brings your consciousness there. And, Interestingly enough, breath patterns will create altered states through specific sequences, and there are many different types of sequences, um, and it's pretty public knowledge now. There's a lot more people talking about it, which is which is amazing, and it's a very easy access to these states that we're talking about, so I 100% agree. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and on that, it's just like, you know, the last thing that I'll say is it really just comes back to,
1: like, what you're doing at home. So, you know, I, I, for instance, I started a men's group. So instead of like looking for mentors or, uh, you know, different people that I like really wanted to connect with, I just looked at my immediate surroundings and said like, maybe I'll just host an online Zoom group with a bunch of men that I respect. And we could like really dive into some of these, uh, you know, more emotional issues that we're dealing with during COVID. Um, and, you know, that's happening on the planet and really like start to express ourselves as men on an emotional level. Um, so there's, there's very simple things that we could do like that. Um, you know, for me and my partner, we've been practicing a lot of like the tantric, um, uh, you know, like, quote unquote, sex magic type of things. And really all that is, is just bringing more intention into the bedroom. So it's like being able to breathe and eye gaze with your partner before making love is just extremely impactful. And it's just a matter of, of how do you integrate this stuff. When you wake up in the morning, make sure to drink a couple glasses of water to like really start to hydrate um, and pray into that water glass. Like tell the water, you know, that this is nourishing my body, that this is for the highest good of all. And by speaking intentions into your water, speaking intentions during making love, you know, in every aspect of your life, downloading simple little uh, meditation tools that have a big impact on you. It just goes so far and it's just such a low barrier to entry. Um, So I I definitely just recommend that for everybody is to uh, just start to look at your everyday life as a ceremony and as sacred and, and uh, you know, to integrate these, these simple things.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a really great suggestion. Um, and each day is a new opportunity, right? You don't have to do everything, but you can, you can pick one thing, you know, and, and try that out for a week. And, and it just opens the door to everything else. Like you said, the, uh, opportunity byproducts, it's, it's really amazing. And that's why I always recommend people sport, you know, some sort of physical mastery because it opens up diet, it opens up concentration, it opens up awareness, it opens up creativity, it opens up, it opens up everything when you want Mm -hmm. to perform at a high level. And even if you're just doing it for fun, um, you know, so I agree, man. Well, my friend, this has been amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, um, man. Where can, people, where can people find you if they want to learn more and, and stay connected?
1: Yeah, so um, on, on Instagram, I'm Luminous Lyle. Uh, Facebook is just my name, Lyle Maxson. Uh, and then the company, my VR company is called Andromeda. Um, and our website's enterandromeda.com. i um, launching this new project with Joe um, that I'll definitely keep everyone up to date about. And, uh, yeah, you could always email me, too, at Lyle at EnterAndromeda.com.
0: Amazing, brother. Well, thank you so much for your work in the world. Thank you for who you are, man. It, it makes me feel uh, a little hopeful for our future, knowing there's people like you out there. So love you, brother. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it, man. Blessings. All right. See you, guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. Oh. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Lyle Maxson. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I am so excited to see what he comes out with all the uh, VR, his projects, Camp Satori. Man, every time we chat on the phone, I'm like, oh, my God, man, you're working on the coolest stuff. And so, you know, we had a lot of great times in person, and I, and I know there's going to be a lot of great, you know, a lot more coming. So... Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with your friends. Tag Lyle and I. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, share it on Facebook because they banned me. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you support, want to support the show, please uh, sign up for the email list is the first thing. Go to linktree forward slash Matt Air. Um, the links are in the show notes. You'll find me. But you got to get on Telegram and Discord. And I'm going to put everything into um, a community online because obviously I can't trust the public platforms to just uh, uh, eliminate this stuff. Consider becoming a patron, join the academy if you want for exclusive content because there's epic stuff over there and if you want to do one-on-one coaching, would love to work with you and stay up to date because the Quantum Heart Hypnosis series is coming out soon and uh, it's going to be an absolute amazing set of very, very powerful meditations. And so, uh, yeah, just stay up to date, uh, appreciate the support and... Um I think that's it. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence uh, wherever you are. Just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.